some opinion or some passion when it comes to this next conversation, because I know Edmontonians are going to get a little bit fired up when they hear this next power ranking, uh, placing the Oilers 20th in the league. This according to ESPN. Now, I'm not alone for this conversation. I've got Brendan Escott, producer for Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, joining me here in the studio. Um, because this came as a, a bit of a shock here, um, obviously, at Chad and I think in Edmonton, too. So let's get some perspective. Our senior NHL writer for ESPN, Greg Wyshynski, is joining the show. Greg, thanks for making the time. Good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you as well. Uh, hello, people of Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. We'll be. We'll. Uh, we want to hear you out. Okay, so don't worry. This isn't going to be a roast. But I mean, you got to know when you're talking to very passionate fans of Oilers hockey here in the city. We're going to take 20th in the league. Um, a little poorly here. Let, let's just define first of all what exactly are the power rankings. What are we even talking about here, Greg? Sure. The, what we're talking about is the future power rankings. And what those are, they come out before every season on ESPN.com. And they're supposed to be a, a three-year look into the future at where a team is going to be. So not only taking into account the roster that they have today, but also their prospect pool, their uh, salary cap and contract situation, who's running the team. It's all these other factors that come into play. So it's not strictly just like how good are the Oilers this year because they're going to be quite good. It's also looking ahead a little bit and seeing what the next few years could look like for them. Okay, so the next few years then, presumably after they win the Cup this year, maybe the year after that, and then, you know, from there. <laughs> maybe these <laughs> rankings come to light a little bit. Is that, is that, is that fair? Well, I mean, the formula is what it is. Um, you know, I, in full disclosure, I don't think that I had the Oilers anywhere in uh, near 20th on my ranking. Um, but, the, you know, the, the, where they got dinged, according to the, the panel that we had, was in prospects. They ranked out as 29th overall uh, in prospects. And, and that's really where things get a little dicey. Like, what is a prospect? I mean, you could look at someone like Evan Bouchard. You can look at someone like Stuart Skinner, and you can say, well, they're so you know, young in their careers, mm, could they okay. still be considered prospects? Or are we talking about people that are in the minor leagues? You're talking about like, the minor leagues and draft picks and stuff. Then, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent evaluation of, of how thin the prospect pool is for the Oilers, um, and that's understandable. They're, they've been a good team for a little bit. They, they've not been drafting quite high like they were a decade ago. Um, but if you take into, the, into account those players – I think that that ranking is a little bit off. So, Greg, talking about, uh, I mean, the Oilers scored the third best uh, rank in terms of the roster, which shouldn't be any surprise with McDavid and, the, and, you know, and the highs that this roster has. But obviously the length of contracts going to factor in when you're looking at an article based on three years from now. Um, did How did it uh, fall, in your opinion, in terms of now you have um, Jeff Jackson here in the fold in the front office? Uh, there seems to be at least some semblance of a success plan there and what that might mean for the likelihood of these guys re-signing because I think if they do that ranking would be a lot higher in theory than 20th. <laughs> do you mean do you mean hiring Connor's agent as an executive may have You're darn right. The <laughs> fact that Connor might resign. Yeah, you, you might be able to say savvy that. business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I ex I expect his brother is going to be a director of hockey operations <laughs> by, in the next like three years. I don't even know if he has a brother. Point being is the, the, the thing you mentioned, it's twofold. Like the salary cap situation, yeah, obviously, they're, they're, they've, I think the dry cycle deal has aged extraordinarily well. I mean, that 8.5 for a guy that's been that good um, for sure is great. But, I mean, like you said, it, within that three-year window, 
he's going to need a new, a new deal. Uh, McDavid's up in 2026. Sometimes one bad contract, I've learned, can kind of swing the grade on these things. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of our panelists looked at the Jack Campbell deal and, and how that worked out last year and the fact that he's he signed through 2027, making five mil a clip for a guy that, that you know struggled as he did last season. And maybe that factor into their thinking too is like, you know, one or two bad contracts in the books can sometimes bring down that score. And then you mentioned the succession plan. I mean, I, I think that there has been some criticism of Ken Holland, rightly or wrongly, as the GM in, insofar as building out the team around Connor and Leon. And then, you know, the jury is kind of still out on, on Woodcroft as a, as a head coach. I, I like him. I think he's he's been good for this team, and he, and he certainly has implemented some things that have worked. But at the end of the day, there's still a, a team that's yet to get over the hump with him behind the bench. So I think that's why that, that score kind of was where it was as well. Greg, in fairness to you, you did say that had you been the one deciding this on your own, you might not have placed the Oilers 20th in the league. So I just want to just make that really clear to anybody <laughs> listening right now uh, that's thinking that you're an enemy of us. You're not. Um, you do say, though, that aside from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle, everything else is kind of mid. So can you expand on that a bit? Well, yeah, I mean, like the supporting cast is okay, um, and the defense is okay. Uh, there's obviously some other players on this roster that are quite good. I mean, Nugent Hopkins hit 100 points last season. We know what Evander Kane can do on the ice. Hyman's good. It's that supporting cast behind them that really hasn't necessarily coalesced, um, and that could change this year. I mean, I, I do like the cast that they've been that's been put together in the, the third and fourth lines. Um, you know, I, I think where we look uh, most mid, I think if you're looking at the Oilers, might be. Um, their defensive depth, you know, I, I think we're all anticipating a, a huge year out of Bouchard stepping up as he did in the second half of last season after the Tyson Berry trade to be one of the better puck-moving defensemen in this league. But then you get kind of behind the top three defensemen on this team, and, and it gets a little bit more dicey. So, and, and the goaltending situation as well. I mean, you know, I think Stuart Skinner was, was great for what he was last year, but is the sum total of what they have in, in goal going to – produce a Stanley Cup champion. I mean, you know, granted, the Vegas Golden Knights showed you that anyone <laughs> can win a Stanley Cup championship if they got a great team in front of them. Um, but what does that look like um, in the long term if, if they get a chance to really make a run of it? It's interesting looking at just how the rankings have affected other teams. Vegas ranking eighth here, Greg, three yeah. years from now. Uh, and a lot, a lot of that is is based on the, the ranking, not only the roster today, but the stability of the owner, the GM, and the coach. And, and that's a deserved ranking in my opinion, without a doubt. But their their prospect pool is certainly dwindling. The other thing I think that I, we should probably bring out is if you're about to lose one of your top flight players to free agency, odds are you're going to try and recoup some of the draft picks or prospects that aren't giving this score uh, you know, any sort of love right now. You have Detroit way up there at fourth overall in these rankings. I thought that was probably the most surprising one for me. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on the excitement you guys have around the Red Wings. Who, by the yeah, way, I think, I think I've been the worst teams um, record-wise over the last four years. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it has to do with two things. One, their cap situation. Um, you know, when you're bad for a long time, you're not on the hook for really bad contracts. And even the the spending spree that that Steve Eiserman went on uh, two summers ago, insofar as bringing in some veteran UFAs, didn't necessarily weigh them down with bad contracts. So they were third in that. Um, and then they were sixth in prospect pool. And, and the biggest problem with Detroit 
is that they, they don't have that focal point prospect. They've got a lot of really good young players. Lucas Raymond, uh, I think, is going to have a breakout year for them this year. They've got some defensemen that are in the system that I think are real good. Um, they've got some uh, young forwards, too, that they've taken in the first round. So, like, they've got a good prospect pool, but they've not landed on that Bedard. They've not landed on that, you know, one great young player that they can kind of build around uh, like some of, some of these other teams have. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, they've got a good prospect pool, deep prospect pool, but they're only uh, just outside of the top five in that category. Okay, Greg, thank you so much for unpacking that because this uh, this headline was a little bit shocking and, of course, um, a bit painful for you, Oilers fans. Do you three. feel better now, Chelsea? I mean, a little bit, but I also... I, <laughs> I feel like you, you explained it very um, eloquently, Greg. Um, I still don't... Can't, I can't say that I agree with all of it. I'm wondering, like, are you somebody who just crunches the numbers and looks at the data, or do you cheer for anybody as a fan? Like, do you have... Do you have a heart towards <laughs> any of these teams that you've ranked? Oh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a devil fan. I grew up in Jersey. I've always been open with that. People that have been, you know, reading me or listening to my podcast for, for a long they're time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but one. I yeah, would exactly. agree they're, the they're deserving. No, no, no. I mean, I, I think it's important. I think, I think all writers should be up in front with the passions that they have as fans. I think we all were fans before we became, you know, hardcore journalists. But I'll say this, you know, we have a show called The Drop on ESPN. Uh, it's on every podcast platform. You can watch the video on YouTube and we did our Western Conference preview last week, and, you know, I did it last year uh, to my chagrin. I'll do it again this year. I think the Oilers are my cup pick this year. I think that the, the when I look at Connor and I look at Leon, I see that ferocious disgust with losing in the playoffs that teams have to get to yeah. in order to get over the hump. McKinnon had it before the Avalanche won, and I think Connor and Leon have it now. So. I hate repeating myself uh, with a pick, but I'm going to pick the Oilers again this year. I think. Okay, well, even if it's to your chagrin, it's to our delight. So thank you. <laughs> Everything else is forgiven. We can end it there, Greg. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Greg. Appreciate Thanks. this. Anytime. Thanks for having me. That's Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer for ESPN. And, of course, Brennan Escott, producer for Oilers, now uh, joining me to chat with him and kind of unpack what that ranking was really all about.